When Amy and I were seminary students in Louisville, Kentucky, and members of Crescent Hill Baptist Church, we enjoyed the moment toward the end of the service when we passed the peace of Christ. It was the way we ended the service each day, and the minister would invite us a chance to say, the peace of Christ be with you, and members of the congregation would turn and offer that simple blessing. Some churches do this and let people get up and run around and spend you know, 10 minutes greeting one another. We're not gonna do that this morning, but at the appropriate time in this litany, we will invite you to offer a word of blessing. Simply turn to your neighbor and say, the peace of Christ be with you and also with you. For worship today, something a little bit different, Dan and Amy and I are all going to speak, and we're going to divide our sermon time really into three moments and invite you to participate in each of those. Every Sunday, we have a moment of confession. We spend a, a moment of silence. I think it's a wonderful thing that we do to keep silence together. And so today, we're going to invite you to keep silence together three times. We begin first with this moment of intention. The National Institute of Standards and Technology is obsessed with time, even though they don't really believe in it. 21 atomic clocks keep time to an accuracy within one quadrillionth of a second. If you want to know, that's one second in 30 million years. Now, none of us is keeping track of our lives to the nanosecond, but these scientists are responsible for keeping us on schedule. Time from this lab runs our lives. It, it determines when planes take off and when markets open and when the schools open. It controls computer networks and navigation tools, much, much more, these 21 atomic clocks. When it comes right down to it, however, these physicists don't believe time is really real. Based on Einstein's theory of general relativity, they understand time and matter to be intrinsically connected. The more gravity there is in any system, the slower time moves. So right at the edge of a black hole, for example, where gravity even traps the emission of light, there is no time at all. I can't even wrap my mind around this, but that's what they say. Because of all this time quirkiness, a physicist named Nima Arkani Hamed believes time itself is unlikely to survive in the fundamental principles of a deeper understanding of physics. So Arkani Hamed is experimenting with abstract geometric shapes that can describe events without using time. And go figure, like you're gonna ask somebody to meet you at the uh, four-dimensional polytope instead of at three o'clock this afternoon, you know. Time is a theoretical matter, but there is a more practical dimension to time, as you well know. We all keep time. But Chanda Prescode Weinstein at the University of New Hampshire says time is a social construct deeply, deeply related to authority. She is skeptical and offers a social critique of our time-keeping obsession. Her criticism is sharp, but let me quote her directly. Governments around the world are not just providing time for you as an altruistic service. It's about keeping society organized and efficient. Time is about increasing economic productivity. This is why people feel so tense about the time. Capitalism stinks. A lot of people's relationship to why time is not cool is structured by the resource pressures that we feel. Time, in other words, is a tool of the man, the management a tool to control the masses. 
always punching the clock. We are stressed and obsessed by productivity. Am I effective enough, productive enough, obedient enough, deserving enough? We also face an internal obsession. It's always there, but it comes into focus every year, January the 1st. This time, I've already said it in my prayer, this time around, how much better can I be? How can I use my time more productively? How can I make more this year, do more this year, get more this year, deserve more? Hidden in New Year's resolutions are criticisms. How poorly did I do it last time? How much time did I waste? How much money did I lose? How much weight did I gain? I'm not smart enough, attractive enough, effective enough, so let me resolve because my time is running out. This year, I'm going to do better. I'm going to be better this year. An internet post by a woman named Donna Ashworth says it well. She says, why do we start a new year with promises to improve? Who began this tradition of never-ending pressure? The end of a year should be filled with congratulations. We survived. And I say a new year should start with promises to be kinder to ourselves, to understand better just how much we bear on this exhausting treadmill of life. And if we are to promise more, let's pledge to rest before our bodies force us to rest. Let us stop and drink in life as it happens. Strip away a layer of perfection to reveal the flawed and wondrous humanity that we truly are. Why start another year gifted to us on this earth with demands on our already overstrained humanity? When we could be learning to accept that we were always supposed to be imperfect. That is where the beauty lives. And if we can find that beauty, we would also find peace. Now it may just be a different word, but sometimes saying something differently helps us to see it differently. So in this first moment of our worship together, free from the self-abuse of New Year's resolutions, we want to invite you to consider some new intentions. The history of the word intention is interesting. I looked it up this week. In early 14th century Old French, the word just meant to direct one's attention to something, to give heed. No pressure, no judgment, just pay attention. But by the 17th century, with the influence of the Latin usage, the word had come to mean the action of stretching, increase of degree or force. And you have to wonder how much the Latin was influenced by the productivity of the Industrial Revolution and the prominence of Roman Catholic hierarchy and theology. In the culture, we were gaining an ability to make more stuff easier. And in the church, there was this continual striving to please God and the guilt of failing to live up. In this silence, we want to call you back to the older meaning, intention. Just pay attention. Give heed. No self-critique is allowed. But for this time, this moment, this year, this time, how will you pay attention? To what will you give heed? What intention will you give to your life? And if your only intention this, this year is to look at yourself more honestly and to love what you see, that'll be enough. Our scripture lesson for today 
comes from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Hear the word of God. For I received from the Lord what I also handed to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be answerable for the body and the blood of the Lord. Examine yourselves, and only then eat of the bread and drink of the cup. You have heard the ancient story. Yesterday, as we took down Christmas decorations here at church, some of us were talking about the Avett brothers, who were doing a New Year's Eve concert last night at Bojangles Coliseum. My son is a huge Avett Brothers fan, and my wife and I have been to several of their New Year's Eve concerts with Daniel in recent years, though not last night. Thinking about their music, a song about the passage of time came to mind. It goes like this. It's in with the new and it's out with the old. Things change and get strange with the movement of time. It's happening right now to you. Time moves on, of course, every minute of every day, and it moves on for every one of us. Yet somehow at the beginning of a new year, we are more acutely aware that every day is a new day with new possibilities. The time just feels right for out with the old and in with the new possibilities and new attitudes. Russ talked about having new intentions rather than making resolutions. I have never been one to make resolutions on New Year's. But I still am kind of interested in hearing about the kinds of resolutions that other people make. In 2022, the top four resolutions, you could probably guess them, were exercise more, eat healthier, lose weight, spend more time with family and friends. And this is the one I like. Notably, for the first time in the top 10, 20% of people who make resolutions said spend less time 
on social media. This talk of out with the old and in with the new should sound familiar to us as Christians. The Apostle Paul wrote in his second letter to the church at Corinth, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. All this is from God, who reconciled us through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world in Christ, not counting people's trespasses against them. And God has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. This is probably my favorite passage in the Bible. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. The expressions in Christ, in the Lord, and in him occur 164 times in the letters of Paul alone. John Stott, the preacher, author, and longtime rector of All Souls Church in London, said that to be in Christ is to be organically united to Christ, as a limb is to the body, or a branch is to a tree. Stott identified three marks of the person who is in Christ. First, to be in Christ brings personal fulfillment as a human being in a way that money or success, fame or power can never do. Secondly, to be in Christ has a collective implication. It means being part of a community where the barriers of race, nationality, language, class, and sex, which normally divide humankind, those barriers are abolished. Thirdly, to be in Christ is to be radically transformed. Stott says that the words creation, reconciliation, and resurrection are the only vocabulary that can do justice to the experience of new life in Christ. To be reconciled to God in Christ means to be restored to a right relationship with God. And that restored relationship comes about as we experience the love and forgiveness that is offered to us in Christ. Not only that, but once we have experienced that reconciled, restored relationship ourselves, God invites us to share that message with others, to be God's co-workers in the work of reconciliation. So as we approach the communion table today, as we prepare ourselves from what old habits or attitudes or old stuff 
do you need to be set free? Do you need to be more patient with people who get on your nerves? To be more active in serving the poor? To be more generous with your time or talents or money? To be more kind to strangers? To be more loving to those closest to you? To pay more attention to your inner spiritual life? How can you, with God's help, make good intentions and starting today, make 2023 a better year? I'm convinced what we need more than anything else is blessing. We need to be giving them and we need to be receiving them regularly, consistently speaking the goodness and the power of blessing. Imagine a world, imagine your world where blessing was a routine part of your day-to-day -day life. It would have to change you and it would have to change the world. In a moment, we're going to use one of Kate Bowler's blessings. We'll say it together. If you go to her website, you can sign up to receive a weekly blessing from her. There's an archive on her website as well to read through blessings that she's already written. There's a blessing for when you want to change, a blessing for when you need a little hope, a blessing for when you're disappointed, a blessing for when you're tired, and then there are blessings for happier occasions as well, a blessing for around the table, a blessing for being someone's person, a blessing for an ordinary day. The Bible is full of blessing. We speak a modified one of those as our benediction every week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you. May God be gracious to you. In the Bible, it continues with, May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and bring you peace both now and forevermore. Can you imagine, really, if we lived in the shadow of the goodness of this blessing with a greater sense of awareness? To be kept by God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. For God's face to shine so brightly upon us that we might even need sunglasses. For God's grace to so fill us with goodness. The light of God's countenance illuminating our path ahead and bringing us peace right now and all the way into forever. Can you even imagine what it would feel like to be aware of this blessing in our everyday lives? Then from the prophet Jeremiah, we get this beautiful metaphor of a blessing. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Blessed is the one whose confidence is in God. That one will be like a tree planted beside water that sends out her roots by the stream, not having to worry about a drought, not ever getting thirsty. Hail Mary full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Mary, by simply being the mother of Jesus, is considered highly blessed, revered even. 
And of course, she didn't just receive a blessing, but she offered a blessing herself. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for God has looked with favor on this lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The mighty has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. God has mercy on those who revere God in every generation. And then we have the Beatitudes, the top almost ten list of blessings. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, the persecuted. Blessed are all of those. It is my intention this year new year to be a bearer of blessing so let me prepare y'all see what i'm doing there intention preparation so let me prepare my intention and get started right now blessed are you who see a need and step right up to be the answer to someone's prayer Blessed are you who make casseroles and deliver to someone's back door and don't stay long enough to be invited in. Blessed are you who take a comment on Facebook, on a Facebook post, admiring a gift that you've made, and then you gift the commenter with said gift because things just drink better out of a glass mug that speaks my truth. Hold on, let me overthink this. Blessed are those who, when they don't know what else to do, they bring banana bread or deviled eggs. Blessed are those who get more excited about giving the most perfect gift than about any gift that they receive. Blessed are those who make music, for music has a way of speaking for our souls better than words often do. Blessed are those who insist on hosting an extra room in the inn on Christmas Eve and then pull it off and let the guests linger and not rush on Sunday morning, on Christmas morning. Blessed is anyone who can linger and not always rush. As you consider how you have been blessed and who you might need to bless, Join me as we pray together our prayer of blessing. Blessed are we, faced with the impossible, we who do not take our eyes away from what threatens to swallow us whole, we who stare down reality, though our hearts quicken, we for whom action comes swiftly as we chart the next step or bulldoze a new path ourselves. We know how to turn hope into action, 
And blessed are we who, when we've come to the end of what is possible, find the courage to live there too. Blessed are we who are learning how to hope and how to let go, when to act and when to stop, balancing the impossibility of so much love and so much to fear together. Amen. I complete the good news today with this, so be at peace. Amen.